For this episode of the Globe Screen Podcast, we had the pleasure of speaking with award-winning production designer Christina Moore, based in London and known for her work on HBO series such as Game of Thrones as well as John Adams, and most recently, the production designer on the film Summerland, released by IFC Films, available now for rent on streaming platforms. Please enjoy. Welcome, Christina. Thank you, Zef. So how did you first decide to become a production designer? Well, I have to say that, that growing up, I didn't really know that there was such a thing as a production designer. I actually studied architecture as a degree and I practiced as an architect, but I would always be more interested in designing sets for theatre and uh, there came a time when I was made redundant from um, an architectural practice and I decided to find out about getting into theatre design professionally and at that stage I met somebody who had recently been studying film and she suggested that if I wanted to earn a living as a, as a designer in that world that it was extremely hard in, in theatre and I should look into film and television. And that was, uh, that was very good advice, which I received probably in my mid twenties. So it hadn't really occurred to me before that, although I loved films and uh, uh, I went to the cinema a lot. Uh, I think in, in the sort of pre-digital world, one wasn't, so it wasn't so easy to sort of track down how a film was actually made. I then tried to get into the film industry um, because I was a qualified architect, I had quite a lot of technical skills, which seemed to me could be quite transferable. Um, but it was a it was a recession. I think the film industry has always been, um, as as other creative industries are, in a sort of boom and bust situation. And it was very hard to get a foot in the door. I didn't have any contacts, um, but I did discover the National Film and Television School, and I went there at a time when when it was education. I think it was it was free for a start, which it isn't now. And it, I wouldn't say it was exactly experimental, but we did make a lot of films uh, in my three years there. I worked with lots of different directors. I worked in different parts of Europe, um, and it, a lot of it was about learning on the job as opposed to being taught in a classroom. It's very, I think, film education. I do quite a lot of teaching now, and it's it's very different these days. I think it, it's much more. Um, you do sort of acquire skills and you, you, you leave with a strong portfolio of skills if you're, if you're training to be uh, a, a, an art director or a production designer. But when I was at film school, it was, it was much more about, about making, making movies in a, in a small, small scale. And we had, we had two studios at the National Film School so we could build sets. Um, and it was an, it was an amazing um, grounding uh, when I left, I thought, well, I definitely want to be a production designer. Um, and I was, you know, already, you know, sort of over 30 by then because I'd started quite late. But it turns out that uh, being a production designer, you can't just you can't just walk into it even even when you've made short films. And it's something because you do control quite a lot of the budget. And uh, I think people are not really prepared to take risks with a young production designer. So I soon realised I was going to have to work work my way up through the art department, um, which I did. And I was fortunate, having having left film school, uh, I had I, I then had some contacts and I could I could get my foot in the door. And um, my first job was actually as a storyboard artist on Ang Lee's Sense and Sensibility, which was an extraordinary job, quite scary. Um, I didn't feel I was I was very good at, at drawing, but it was a uh, it was incredibly interesting to work 
uh, not only with Ang Lee, who's a very, very quiet person. And, and I think I was brought in to try and, it was his first English language film to try and tease out of him uh, exactly how he was going to be making this, this film. Um, but once, once they started to see the rushes, I don't think he really wanted to be collaborating with a storyboard artist. I didn't, I didn't stay for the whole film, which was a shame, but it was a really interesting experience. And um, that was my first film. After that, I did work with the same production designer from, from that film, Luciana Origi, who was a, a very kind of generous and wonderfully creative production designer. And she, a lot of people that I know in the film industry have got their first break through her. And um, I w worked on uh, two or three films with her as, as an assistant art director. And, and then I met Gemma Jackson, who is a production designer that I worked with a lot over the years after that. And the first time I worked with her was on a children's film called The Borrowers, which was a really interesting production in that it was it was old fashioned. And we were building The Borrowers, for those of you that don't know, is a, it's a very well loved uh, English novel about um, little people who are about this high, four inch, four or five inches high, who live under the floorboards and they... And they're, they're basically sort of early recyclers. They kind of gather things from around their host house and they repurpose them to their, to their own designs. Um, and this children's classic was being turned into a, a working title film. And it had a mixture of British and American actors. It was, it was a sort of hybrid and the design was quite heightened. And um, we, were, we were doing both sets, physical sets at Shepparton built on a, on a scale of the borrowers. So they were gigantic. And we were also doing a lot of blue and green screen. I think, I think now it would be an entirely sort of digital production. And I learned a lot. I was the onset art director on that production. I learned a lot about working both on the floor and, and also with the emerging sort of digital technology about how you, how you actually worked as an art director with that, which is, which is very technical and it's quite mathematical plotting out the exact scales of things because things had to be um, made at one scale, which was the size of the borrowers, who, as I say, were about six inches high, but we would build it to the scale of the actors who are obviously human size. So it was, um, there was a sort of mathematical way. We had our own scale rule, which worked between both scales. So, um, but that said, it was also a very, a very creative art department. And, and Gemma Jackson has been someone that I've, I've loved working with a lot over the years. And she's, she was very, um, very kind in encouraging me in my own, my own work as a production designer and, and encouraging me to really sort of go for that. Amazing. And for those that don't know, could you explain a little bit about the difference between um, an art director and a production designer? Yes, of course. I think it's something that on smaller productions, there isn't really a difference. And interestingly, on, on commercials, the chief person is called an art director. Um, on a bigger production, I would say that an art director is somebody who's basically the hands-on person who's sort of, who's running the, uh, the art department in, in the construction side. So it'll be, you'll be in charge of, of getting the drawings produced for any sort of set, set design and building that's happening running the budget it's quite sort of organizational and um I think you know I've always felt felt myself to be a creative art, art director and I've quite often worked as a supervising art director on productions where they've been filming in lots of different countries so it's not necessarily possible for the production designer to be 
there all the time. So I think the fact that I've worked as a production designer too sort of is a is a strength in that situation. Um, generally, I think also my background as an architect is quite helpful because a lot of that is kind of organising things and knowing about how to to move things from a drawing stage through construction and budgeting it. So that's pretty cool. It, it, it's so funny because I'm a filmmaker as well, and I made one feature film so far. And our production designer, her name is Clarissa Garcia Fresco. She actually, um, she has a background in architecture. So I just, you know, I could totally see how the skill set really translates and, you know, how having that kind of mentality is really helps. I'm just wondering how common that actually is. Well, I think, um, I, I don't think there's any one route to, to being a production designer. And it is one thing I think that makes working in the art department so interesting because people do tend to come from quite different backgrounds they've usually studied something some form of design but it doesn't doesn't it, I mean until recently you couldn't really study production design as a separate subject so most people will have done theatre design interior design product design and architecture is, is fairly common um, I think all of these things are encouraging you to think about about space um, I think theatre design is interesting because obviously there you're dealing with text and narrative and that, that's obviously the, the big difference and character. But I would, I would say for myself, I mean, I, I, I absolutely love studying architecture. It's a, it's a brilliant education, but it was, it, was, uh, it was quite different when I came to work as an architect. It wasn't, wasn't, didn't really suit me very well. And I think if I'd known about, about production design, when I when I first went to university, I, I probably would have tried to pursue it then. But uh, the way it worked out, I'm I'm very glad to have studied architecture, which I think is a is is something that does teach you about um, processing information and making uh, getting a brief and turning it into something physical. And it's it's quite a a hard thing to pin down, but it's it's very challenging. And uh, nice. uh, and I, I think it's I think it's been a good grounding for me. I, I would certainly recommend people who are thinking about getting into production design to to consider studying architecture at least for a first degree. I, I think I, I I went too far with it, and I think. Um, well, it know, seems you, like a good foundation. No, nope, no pun intended. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw that you recently worked on a film that was released by IFC called Summerland with Gemma Arterton, and I guess it was directed by Jessica Swell, and yeah. Could you tell us a little bit about your experience with that? Yeah, that was a that was an amazing film. Actually, it was uh, Jess Swale, who's a theatre writer and director, quite quite a young woman, and this was her first feature film. She's a, a really inspiring person to work with. She she's truly collaborative. Um, but have that said, she had made her script, which was which was very finely polished, and every every scene was there for a reason. And it was, it was a wonderful script to read. But as soon as I read the script, I really wanted to work on the, on the film. And I love the fact that it was, uh, it was, it was about sort of um, magic. Yeah, it was an optimistic film. And I think it's something that, you know, these sorts of things, well, particularly the year we've had, it came out at a good time, but I think those nice. sorts of scripts quite often you're working on things that aren't, aren't necessarily like that. I mean, I, I love, um, films that are about sort of magic and are quite quite sort of dreamlike I suppose um and it was so a period was, piece right Place it was a past. period piece it was set it was set mostly during the second world war um some of it was a flashback to um an earlier period 
in the 20s and some of it was a, was later in the 70s but most of it was set during the war so and I think again as a designer it's really lovely to do period films I really enjoy the research side of it and um yeah just sort of having you know everyone is immediately transported to a different world and, and you're responsible or partly responsible for creating that. So, I mean, as a designer, I'm, I'm sure most designers enjoy working on, on period film. It was a small, very small team. We had a really small budget, which uh, I'd been working for a number of years on, on Game of Thrones as a supervising art director, which was which was an incredible job um, and I loved it, but it was, you know, I, I didn't really know what the budget was on that. It was a, it was a, a totally different scale. So. To go from that to Summerland was was definitely interesting, but I think um, so much about about your job is is finding an appropriate way of working with the material and with the budget. So I think things, you know, it, it, sometimes people wouldn't look at you for a small film if you only worked on on big productions. But I, I, I don't think I think your skills as a designer are, 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 are transferable to scale. It's it's basically about interpreting the script and knowing the best way to do that. Yeah. And I find personally sometimes that limitations sometimes foster creativity. I I definitely agree. I mean, I think having a small team, um, you know, that there isn't the same hierarchy you have on a big production. It's, uh, you know, we, we were a a very small production. We were, we were working on a, on a location away from London. So most people were living in this little seaside town where we were making the film, which, which makes a nice sense of community with, with all the other departments, and and on set there was a there was a very close knit team of people. Um, it was you never had to you know worry about being able to speak to the director or the producer. You know, they, everyone was everyone was there. So it was it was a really collaborative film. Um, I think a lot of it because it you know it was about magic, but it was also about a, a very specific place and finding the right location was was really important. I think once we'd found that, a lot of things sort of fell into place because that set where we were going to be based geographically and, and then we had to find all of our locations around there because we couldn't afford to move around the country so it was you know it was the jigsaw you start with a couple of pieces that fit together and everything else kind of goes around that so nice yeah well said mm. well and how early does your involvement with the director begin well, I think that does vary it does vary a lot I mean on that production it was fairly early um the, the the script, as I say, was was sort of beautifully written and 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 complete when I when I first read it. Uh, but even so, the production process always takes longer than you think. But I would say usually you you would have um, probably sort of ten to twelve weeks pre production, less uh, on a on a on lower budget production. But quite often, you know, I've I've worked increasingly over the last ten years on on big television productions, and and on those. They're very much producer-led, so I would be on board a long time before the directors are chosen. Usually, so it's it's quite a different way of working. Yeah, that's that's so interesting. How, and mm. and in general, is it would you say is it radically different working on television than feature films? It is quite different for um, for me. I think partly because they're much longer jobs. So so I'm, I'm working on on this series called Britannia at the moment. I mean, obviously partly because COVID came in the middle of it, so we we were shut down for four months. But I've been working on it for well over a year, which is which is a really long time for me. Um, and uh, you know, we've we've had we've got four different directors. We've got eight scripts. It's you know things are things are definitely uh more fast paced i know the year's a long time but because you've you've normally got we've got one or two uh 
um, directors shooting every day. So you've got two units to look after. You've got to find, um, you know, you're constantly in pre-production, production and post-production at the same time. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's more, it, it's logistically sort of harder. The pace is much faster when you're shooting it. So I suppose working on a film with one script and a director who's probably chosen you rather than you starting before them is probably more satisfying as a, a piece of work that you're, you're kind of um, forming together. But I think television, um, I think it's, you know, it gives you a lot more scope. You know, we're, I'm designing environments that they don't necessarily have a script for yet because right. you, have to, you have to produce that so early on in the um in the production process so it's 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 different i mean i'm, I'm really enjoying this job so I, I definitely wouldn't be anti-television and, and i think that's so so much production is heading in that direction at the moment that it would be it would be foolish not to embrace it oh totally and television has absolutely stepped it up in the last decade or so in terms of just their overall production value and with with yeah. projects in general so that's really true. I think when I when I left film school, although it was called the National Film and Television School, people just didn't really go into television, and it was it was really looked down on. Um, that's just not the case now. There's much more of a uh, of a sort of transfer of of, um, of of people and roles that work in both. Yeah, such high production values in television, uh, and obviously the technology is such that there's not that much difference in the way that you work. Um, you know, you're you're shooting things digitally, whether it's for a feature film or television, and so you have to produce the work to a standard that will look good on on either. Yeah, I I totally agree. It's funny because I was completely the type of filmmaker when I first got into it. I'm like, I just care about film. I just care about cinema, and I don't want to hear mm -hmm. about TV. But now it's I don't I don't think that way anymore. I think a lot of people, to your point, have really shifted their way of thinking on that, and also. From a storytelling perspective, there are certain stories that could perhaps only be told in longer formats with evolving sort of character arcs and things like that that you you can't always condense into a feature film. So that's another. Yeah, I think that's I think that's really true, and especially because you know inevitably you know this year, but generally people are, people are watching even films that way at home, so they you might be stopping and starting it. They're, they're not they're not sitting immersed in it for. A finite period in a cinema so you know having having a longer format and hooking people in and i think that's you know it's it's the way people are watching things too so yeah so so who are some of your all-time favorite directors and <laughs> <laughs> well i mean that said obviously my all-time favorite directors would i'd probably you know go back to what 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 made me love film in the first place which was you know, definitely early films. I can remember when I was still at school, sort of traveling across London to, to go to some obscure art cinema to see Cocteau's La Bella La Bette. And, and that's still one of my favorite films in terms of its creativity and, and strangeness. And uh, and I do love um, Fellini films. I think this one thing about lockdown is that, you know, I've been watching lots of um, Fellini films on movie and rediscovering things like that, and they they still really really hold up, and they 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 don't feel they don't feel dated. I find them you know not only beautiful and poetic, but but very moving. So I I would say that those those are my kind of favourite types of film. But you know in in terms of things that one one works on, those sorts of things don't really um, don't really come up very often. So. 
How- I think things things that have a good story will still hook me in as as a, as a member of the audience. So, how about as far as production designers from the past? Are there certain films from the past that you look at the production design and really admire? Um, well, I think I think there is, um, you know, I think there's a, there is a difference between production designers like like such as you know Dante Ferretti, who worked on later Fellini films, who's an amazing production designer, works with Tim Burton a lot now. I would say he's a brilliant production designer, but but I'm also you know drawn to production designers whose work is not so distinctive. I think when you're watching a film by him, you'll always know he's designed it, and I actually think that a lot of I think particularly a lot of British designers who are, who are excellent. They don't have that same, you know, style that they're much more like, you know, I'm a good production designer is somebody who will service that script and work with that director in the, in the appropriate way. So I think, uh, you know, people working today, um, Stuart Craig, who, you, you know, he's obviously done Harry Potter and, and uh, Fantastic Beasts, but, you know, his very early films like The Elephant Man with David Lynch, that's amazing. Um, I think, you know, he's he's a brilliant production designer. Um, Jim Clay, again, another another sort of, contemporary production designer who does very varied films but they're always um you know just so so well conceived um you know Gemma Jackson who I've worked with a lot I think she's 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 amazing she's got a very very strong sense of color and texture and and um uh yeah she's 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 a wonderful production designer nice and is that Um, is that something that you were paying attention to even before that you got into the industry as far as I think design. it's funny because I wasn't I didn't like I said I didn't really know that you that there were production designers as such but I, I think I, I was always drawn to films that had a sort of uh you know a strong look and I was aware of it um I just wouldn't be I wouldn't have been able to say who was responsible I think like like most people when they're when they're just punters they they always think a director is the person that creates everything so you'd know the name of the director and um, I, I, I'm sure people don't look at films like that now because I think we're more educated generally. You know, you can look at your extras on a DVD and, and you'll find out how it was made and who the people were. But um, Totally. Yeah, so I would say I, w- I would have been aware of something, you know, that had a strong look or that, you know, I would, I'd be drawn to films that did, that did uh, have, you know, a sense of architecture and space, but I wouldn't have known who was responsible for that. I'm ashamed to say. And one thing that I've <laughs> noticed in, in particular about just looking at your IMDb, I mean, you've, you've worked on some pretty eclectic projects um, as far as genres you've worked on such yeah. projects like Game of Thrones. And then even you've worked on crime dramas as well. So I think that's kind of cool that you've, you've had sort of an eclectic kind of I think, I mean, I think I've had an interesting varied career. I think I, I wouldn't like to be typecast as one sort of designer. So, or one, you know, because most of my, most of my work, I've been working as an art director. So I think one thing that I have probably um, done over the years as an art director was, is, is worked in different countries. And I think, I think you do get known for that. And I think one thing uh, that I've loved about my career is the ability to travel with it and to, you know, sort of as the life experience to spend a few months somewhere totally different, but working there is, is, is incredibly interesting. So I think I've, I have done quite a lot of, of traveling in my time. Yeah. Nice. And I, I saw that you, mm. you also worked on uh, as the art director on uh, the film killing me softly with Brad Pitt, which I thought Kill- was fantastic. 
killing me softly. <laughs> yes, I yes, I did, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it definitely oh, had uh, some striking visuals in that film. That Yes. It, you know, there's certain films that I could have seen them 10 years ago, but I'll still remember them very vividly. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I mean, that, um, yeah, that was an interesting film. <laughs> I think all films, all films have different challenges, and they're, you know, they're not. So, I mean, I would say that, you know, if... Uh, you know, when you're when you're looking to, to put your career together, you can't really plan your career, I don't think. But I think as long as you always re- work with people you respect and you don't necessarily, as a as a member of the art department, you probably won't get to read the script until you're already committed to it. So it's sort of you have to know that you respect the production designer and other people that you 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 know on the production or can find out about. So gotcha. I think that's important. So because you can't vouch for the script unless you're the production designer when you would read it. But um, most people aren't, aren't that privileged when they're, when they're up for a job. So. Yeah. Hmm. And I mean, what are some of your favorite sets that you've worked on? Um, well, I'd say that all, all projects, you know, have, have, um, you know, I've, I think I'm, I'm proud of bits of everything I've worked on. So one of the, the most creative films I worked on as an art director was a, a, a low budget um, film by the BFI called Love is the Devil about, about Francis Bacon, the painter. And we had a tiny budget um, and, um, and a, a really brilliant team, um, you know, the, the production designer, Alan McDonald and John Mabry, the director, and John Matheson, the DOP, and Kiara Minaj, the producer. They were, they were a really amazing team. And I think we managed to make something which was, was, was kind of a work of art the concerns of Francis Bacon without copying him. We weren't allowed for copyright reasons to reproduce any of his paintings. So it was it was a way of finding a means of expression that could get that across without without reproducing it. Oh, that's so so interesting. that was and I as an art director I was extremely proud of the fact that we recycled all of our sets as we went along. Almost all of it was built in the studio and at the end we just had one skip of rubbish because we'd recycled everything. So I was proud of that because we had a tiny budget and we and, and it didn't really show, I don't think. And then on Game of Thrones, I mean, I've worked on some amazing sets in in wonderful locations. I've you know done quite a few epic sets in Croatia and Morocco and Spain that um, I think you know that that uh, people that, that like the show will will remember. Um, so yeah, I think I, I like working on both of both of those scales of things. Really, that's something that's that's right for the piece. And mm. do you have do you have sort of a preference? I mean, we talked a little bit about film and television. Do you have a preference of one or the other, or do you enjoy both equally? I do enjoy both. I mean, I think after working on this current production, I would like rather do something shorter form for a bit with with a director and one script. But but that's not to say I haven't really enjoyed um, television. I think what was what was great about Game of Thrones was that uh, you know I I was basically art director on the foreign unit. So I wasn't committed to a whole year of production like the main units were. Um, but it was really nice to work on something because it was a series and a very successful series that that everyone knew about and was interested in. So not just within your, you know, your professional life, but, you know, everyone, you know, that you were working with and, and uh, your friends and, you know, my children, because, you know, you have to, you have to bring your family on side as well. It's kind of, you know, it was, it was, it, there was an excitement about it, which was, which was extraordinary, really. So, um, you know, I think when, when you were uh, away shooting something that the production designer would say to me, I, I don't need to ask you what you've been doing in Spain, because it's all over the internet. So, and there was, that was, that was pretty extraordinary to have that, that level of public interest in a television show, but 
Um, That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And did you ever anticipate Bizarre. that you would travel that much for in your career? Would I? Did I ever think I would? Yeah, I guess when you were younger, did you ever anticipate? It sounds like you traveled I, quite a I bit. I always loved traveling, but I, and I think one reason when I became an architect, and certainly in the, at that time when I qualified, if you were qualified in one country, you had very you know specific qualification. You couldn't really, if you went, to, if you traveled, you'd have to sit exams. It's not, it's, it's much easier now, but or not easier, but it's more flexible. So I think that was one thing. That I really didn't like as an architect is that I couldn't travel, so I always wanted to travel, and yeah, and I have. So that's I feel, that's amazing. Yeah, that's so cool. fortunate. <laughs> and, and what's some of the best advice that someone's given you when you were getting started on your career? Um, well, I was thinking about this question. I mean, one thing—it's not necessarily advice, but it was inspiration. That I was—I was really fortunate when I was at film school to have as a mentor. Um, a really amazing production designer called John Vox, who I only met uh, once or twice, but he had worked with with um, David Lean. He was the production designer of Lawrence of Arabia, and he was in his late seventies or something when I met him. And uh, and I remember him saying, "Well, come and see me at work." And I went out to Pinewood Studios, and it was quite late. It was after eight o'clock at night, and there he was on the set with one other assistant doing all the set decorating himself. And I just thought, you know, that was extraordinary that he still had that passion for it and, you know, was physically connected to it at that age. But I also loved things he told me about working, for example, on Lawrence of Arabia, about how he had introduced different colours of sand to get the sculpting and the dunes to be more graphic and to read more. And I, I just thought there was something, I was really inspired by, by meeting him. I mean, it's hard, hard to know. I mean, there are, there are bits of advice like, like being encouraged to have a family, even though I was working in the film industry, which is, which is very um, family friendly. That was, that was some advice I received at, at a critical time, which I'm extremely grateful for. But because um, uh, it is something, I think, particularly for, for women working in the film industry, that it's, it's, it's very um, unfamily friendly. So you um you need a lot of support around for that yeah um but um i think i've been fortunate to have been able to do both in my my career i don't i don't really know about advice my my advice would be one is to make sure that you always have uh respect for the people that you work with because that's really important and and to try and you know work on on projects that you believe in um because it does take over your life when you're working on something it's as 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 you know as we all know that are working in the film industry it's so much more than just a job it is something that that is your passion and it is it will take over your life for the period that you're working on it so you work really long hours you know people can't understand why it takes so long to make something and why you work sort of 12 hour days and come home and then spend the next few hours you know planning the day ahead so you know, you, if you're going to put that into it, you have to make sure that you really believe in it because it's it's very tough. Um, and I'd also just say the other thing probably is uh, is following your instincts. Is that you know your your instincts are as good as anybody else's. Um, you know, I would say if you're if you're in in the art department, you're there because you have you know a sensibility that makes that an appropriate place to be. If someone's given you that position in the art department, they respect that. And and sometimes that it's not really about uh, you know verbal reasoning or working something out. Your your first instincts are usually right, and it's taken me a long time to really trust that. So I think that's nice. an important thing. Would you say Would you say that's one of one of the lessons that you've learned on your own, like 
Like, yeah, I'd say I've learned that on my own. I think I probably have always had my instincts there, you know, given that I was I was sort of reasonably mature person when I started making films but I think I always had my instincts there and I, I think I've always been someone that know what, what I like and what I don't like aesthetically um, but it's 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 learning to trust those and and making sure that that if you're if you're in that position on a film that that actually people want you there because they also trust your instincts so I think that's you know nice. that's important that's so important. And I mean, that's something yeah. I, I actually also uh, mentor film students that are starting out. And um, I try to explain to them because I always had tremendous respect for, you know, folks like yourself and, you know, production designers and, you know, and I always try to say it's such an important thing that you can't really skimp over. Like I think a lot of low budget filmmakers, s some of them, kind of uh gloss over that of how important it is and they don't they don't spend enough time thinking about that obviously the, the the great ones do but that's it's a lesson that i think somebody doesn't always know off the bat so it's something that i try to teach like it's it's you know obviously the cinematography is important but the production design really goes hand in hand with the look and feel of the film and i think it's, it's such a really important and i think to stress like you say for for young filmmakers that it isn't, it's quite often when I'm teaching, it's seen as something, oh, we can't really afford to do that, but it's not about money. It's about, it's about, you know, don't choose a small white room to make your student film in. And it's about, it's about just looking at a space. It's about thinking about visual storytelling, about what, what architecture and landscape can add to something. So I think, you know, on, on the production I'm doing now, which is sort of medium sized sky drama, so much of my work is about choosing the landscape and the locations. It's not about building massive sets. We we are doing that, but I think it's uh, you know it's it's thinking about visual storytelling and narrative, and that's something that production design is not about. It's not about the sort of the pounds or the dollars. It's um, about the sensibility, and it's really important for for students to learn that, even if they don't have a production designer on their student production, they need to they need to form that role between themselves. So. I think there's a, to me, I consider it sort of like a creative trinity between the director, the cinematographer, and the production designer, that I think there has to be a, a good cohesive collaboration. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, yeah. And maybe maybe you could share a little bit more about the current project that you're working on. Is Are you allowed uh, to talk about it at all? It's I don't know. I mean, it's a sky drama. I don't know. It's in the third third season. Um, so in some ways, I guess you sort of think, well, everything has been established by then. But but from a design point of view, the nice thing is that uh, uh, the world of the, the Romans have invaded Britain and they're, they're kind of moving through the country. So there isn't there isn't any continuity. There are, There's continuity of the characters and the actors, but they aren't in the same place. They're moving on. So... I think it meant that even though it's the third season, it doesn't feel like it's a sort of hackneyed thing to to approach as a designer. And um, uh, I, I knew people that had worked on the previous season. I, I didn't work on it. Um, and they'd all just really enjoyed it. Just a, a very creative team, a very nice atmosphere put together from, from the producer downwards. And it's challenging because like lots of television, the scripts are not there at the beginning and they they change a lot and obviously with COVID we've we've had to make huge adjustments to it you know the way that we we're working together the protocols it, it's it's very challenging we're not really supposed to be in our office anymore everybody's 
when they're not on set, they're 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 probably working at home, which is which is which is really strange that you know our our department and most filmmakers, it's a very hands-on way of working. So um, I think that's been something we've all had to learn, like you know having Zoom meetings. And fortunately, on our production, um, you know we, we we don't have. I mean, the art department's quite small. We've been working together for about four or five months when we were shut down, so we knew each other. I've worked with quite a lot of the people in the art department before, so we had an established way of working, which was, I think if you're starting from scratch in these in these times and you have to form your working relationships on Zoom, it would be very hard. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, communication is challenging, but in terms of what we're doing, we are, we've, we were going to travel a lot more widely, um, within the country because it is about about the you know the conquest of britain but we did have ambitions to go to scotland and wales and we'd been scouting locations but uh um because of covid we we've had to clip our wings and and stay much close to our base yeah. and and probably build a lot more because it's easier for us to be um set in our in our airfield where we're doing our, our where our production is we're not we're not literally based there, but most of our production is there because it's an environment we can control. Um, so we have been building a lot of exterior sets there. Kind of in open air environments, basically. Yeah. Mm. Uh, that's cool. And in general, what's what's kind of your working relationship with costume designers? How much interaction is there with the, with the costume Well, it's designers? funny, I think, because I think that most people probably assume that, that it's a very a very close relationship. And in reality, there just often isn't time for that, that they're, they're, you, you're usually not in the same place. And, you know, you, you have discussions, but it's not that close. But what has been lovely about Britannia until COVID struck was that we were all in one building. We were, costume designer was downstairs. I spent a lot of time talking to her. We were always exchanging ideas. Um, and it's been a really great working relationship. The makeup designer was there too. Um, and it's it was being super collaborative, but uh, obviously now times have changed. But um, we 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 try and keep in touch, you know, where where we can. But we don't physically meet each other really anymore. So I would say that you know you you normally have would have conversations obviously about color and look and feel. Um, but there's I, I I think it's something that it that they're generally I'm sure most designers would say they would they would they wish there was time to have a closer collaboration with the costume designer than, than, than I think is. it's <laughs> the thing that people always wish for uh, is more time <laughs> yeah I know <laughs> one thing I'm kind of curious about is uh, how much of a difference it is working with different directors like what's what's your experience like it, or, or do you find some of them very hands-on or I don't it's want... really different. I think it's really different. And, and then what's fascinating about Britannia and Game of Thrones is that you would have uh, the art department would be consistent throughout the whole thing. Uh, and then the directors would come in and do sort of a couple of episodes, perhaps. And they would they would have a very different approach and they would bring they would come with a different DOP, different first AD. And it would be a very different atmosphere on set, depending on on who you had. So certainly some of them are much more interested in what the art department are doing. Some are way more focused on the actors. Um, it, it really varies a lot. I, I think on, on Britannia, we're, we're small enough that, you know, we've had fairly close relationships with all the directors and, um, and they've all been very visual and it's been, it's been great, but they, they have, they certainly have a different, a different approach. 
Um, and I guess the difference on a film is that it's much more that it's it's a direct led way of working and they would put the team together. So they would, they would choose the designer um, and they would already have their own interpretation of the script when you start. So it's, so it would be, uh, um, I mean, it's always a very important working relationship, but I guess on a film, you would have a lot more time with the director to plan things. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure sometimes things are being tweaked and changed more often than other times as far as when the scenes yeah. are actually going. Oh, for sure, yeah. for sure. And I, I think even that the most sort of organized visual directors, when 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 confronted with things on the day, uh, you know, things will change inevitably. I think you just have to be, that's the other thing, advice I would give is that you just have to be as flexible as you can, you know, that it's all very well being planning planning and organizing things properly but you 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 just have to be prepared for the for the weather for the for the actors not to turn up i mean you you have to you know you have to not be so fixated on one way of doing things i think i think that's uh, certainly something i've learned a lot i think in architecture it would be something that you would you would plan out much more at the beginning and then you build it according to the plans filmmaking is much more messed up than that but <laughs> i actually realize i really like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it keeps you on your toes i think the fact that you you know you you, you can never be complacent about anything so it definitely does and is there yeah. any genres that uh, that you haven't worked in yet that you would like to design sets for no genres. I mean, I mean, you've worked in some some pretty eclectic genres, so I think that's. that's I have worked cool. in quite a lot of different genres. I'm not sure. I mean, uh, we haven't done that much horror. I don't, I don't yeah, know. I was just going to say that. I, I don't <laughs> think I've seen too much horror. I don't think resume. I've really done any horror films. I, I mean, I certainly I have almost worked on some horror films that didn't work out. Um, but I think that would be quite interesting because I think that the mood is so much of that is about the place and, uh, yeah. So probably would quite like to do something like that. In sci-fi, mm. how about sci-fi? Sci-fi. I mean, I must admit, I have been um, up for sci-fi projects, and I, I don't feel it's my it's my strength really. I think I'm, you know, I think I'm drawn to things that I can I can research and have experienced. I think I find sci-fi. I you know I don't think I have enough understanding of it. So I certainly wouldn't rule it out. And there obviously are a lot of amazing sci-fi films with great stories, but I don't feel that um, I've, I've necessarily got the um, technical skills for that as well. I think, I'm not sure. I certainly wouldn't rule it out. If anyone's listening is going to offer me some amazing sci-fi film, well, I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. rule it out. But I, I, I do quite enjoy periods that you can, you can, you can research and, you know, I mean, I love architecture, so I think you know, doing period films, you you have existing architecture that you can visit and be inspired by. So that's pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, Christina, we really appreciate having you on the podcast. We look forward to watching your future work. Thank you, Zef.